0: To our pod series this month called Remembering Joplin. We got the chance to interview people from all perspectives, either directly or indirectly involved with the devastating EF-5 tornado that struck Joplin on May 22, 2011. On this episode, we interviewed meteorologist Gary Bandy, who was the chief meteorologist at the time for KSNF-TV in Joplin. This pod series contains sensitive subject matter regarding the aftermath of the Joplin tornado. Listener discretion is advised. And now, remembering Joplin a professional perspective. And on this edition of Remembering Joplin, uh, we have a very special guest with us today, someone who has actually lived through the Joplin tornado and was broadcasting. We have with us meteorologist Gary Bandy. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. It's, uh, gosh, what has it been now? It's been seven years, I think. Seven, eight years. Yeah. Was that 2011? It was. Yeah, about eight, eight years. And... It shocks me that to this day you talk to people mm-hmm. and you still hear stories you've never heard before about that day. Oh, you yeah. Know, it, it will, I know that'll continue for the rest of my life, but it was a huge bookmark in the lives of everybody in Joplin, Missouri. It's uh, people, you know, it's one of those, where were you when? So right. it's, there's so many stories. I'm sure you could do podcasts for the rest of your life just about this <laughs> event.
0: Oh, that would be so. Let's go back. Yeah,
2: Uh, it happened on a Sunday. You know, you work Monday through Friday, so you're probably off and having fun. Uh, Did you? Were you alerted a few days before that something could happen? Was there any hints from the National
1: Weather Service? To be real honest, this was an anomaly event, Mm -hmm. and and going back to that day and the time prior to that day, uh, I said something to the crew at KSN, because I was chief meteorologist at the time at, at the NBC affiliate in Joplin. And I told management and the crew that the weekend of May 21st and May 22nd, it's gonna take an EF five tornado to get me to come to work. I swear to God, oh, I wow. said that. I said oh. that because my wife's parents were celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary that very weekend. Oh wow. and We had people coming in from all over the country to be part of that, and I was told in no uncertain terms that I wasn't going to work that weekend <laughs> by the boss. And I don't mean the boss at KSN. I mean the boss uh, who. Uh, it allows me to live with her, oh, my yo, wife, yo, Doris. Yeah. The real boss. The yes. real <laughs> boss. The one, yeah. And so uh, I honestly said that. And, uh, and, of course, if you are the chief meteorologist, wherever you are, if you are near Tornado Alley or in Tornado Alley, by the time April and May rolls around, you're watching... The Storm Prediction Center website. Daily almost. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. daily. Sometimes even more than that yeah. because you want to know what's out there. You want to have your crew ready. You want to give everybody a heads up if possible. Especially uh, if you have plans and you want to be gone. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> it's hard to
2: take a vacation or even a few days off during. April and May,
1: you kind of can't if you're in that position, and and but so many people, you you know, you get into April, you get into May, and they've made it through the winter, and by golly, they want to do some sort of outside outside activity, and so you're you're the meteorologist. It is your job to be aware as far ahead as possible uh, of any um, potential. Problems that you might have if you have an outside event. So, of course, I was watching. I was trying to keep on top of things. And uh, and Corey, you and I have worked together. We we worked together a long time ago. And and you are. Enough of a weather nerd that I know it's the truth. <laughs> yes, it's, oh, yeah. Uh, that and we've worked events together. In fact, the first event we ever worked together was the Parsons tornado I, in the year 2000. I couldn't remember what year that was, that was, was 2000. That was two thousand. And he's a
2: Parsons boy. He was
1: yeah.
0: Born and raised oh, in Parsons, okay. So.
1: And I was on the morning show then, and they called me in that night mm-hmm. to work because our chief meteorologist was on vacation, and <laughs> Oddly they called, and I had to sit there and do uh, do cut-ins for my hometown. And yeah. man, that was an ugly tornado. Tore all kinds of stuff. That was up. the first
2: tornado since I was started broadcasting that we had our. Super duper Doppler sixteen. Right, right exactly. You know, so
1: and we and we sent a full crew over there and they were working overnight to see what happened. And what's amazing, and I'll never forget this, the next morning on our morning show, I we're trying to find out what happened. We're trying to find out injuries or anything. And I thought, God, I wonder if my, any of my friends are dead. And so, I during a commercial break of the morning show the next morning, I called the hospital. And this was before HIPAA rules and everything. Oh and yeah. they would tell you if there was a problem. And I said, Look, I, I'm we're on the air right now. We just want to report any injuries or deaths that happened due to the due to yesterday's tornado in in Parsons. And the lady at the hospital goes, Well, hold on, let me check. And she comes back and she goes, uh, we got a guy with a broken femur. That was it. Huh. it told, there were millions of dollars in damage in Parsons. And somehow or another, that thing wiped through the town and the worst injury, there were no deaths. The worst oh, injury wow. was one broken femur.
2: Well, that's similar to what we had in Branson on Lee yes. Yes. in 2012. Nobody really got hurt or, or killed. It, it it tore some things up. It did a little home improvement during,
0: down the branch of the strip. <laughs> so hell, that, uh, that's what we all call it. You know, this kind of <laughs> nature's renovation.
1: <laughs> well, I have a question for you. What yeah. do you guys attribute that to? Why was there? Why were there no no deaths or serious injuries? In there the would have been more
2: if it weren't. If it were two weeks later, we may have been in trouble because it would have been spring break in Branson. Okay, mm-hmm. still, in, still, oh, still yeah, the end yeah. of February. Yeah, and uh, not a lot of the things were opened up, back open, ready for the season yet. Yeah, oh, okay. our
0: season generally starts about the middle of March. That's when theaters start opening I up see. again. Yeah, so uh, the, another mitigating factor. It the thing happened what almost one a.m. It was it yeah. was. After one, like 145. Yeah, I mean, we were way awake at that point. Um, uh, The other thing was, it's a small tornado and it was traveling at 70 miles an hour. I mean, it was just. That's very fast. Yeah, and and I just keep telling people if that thing was even going 40 miles an hour, there would have been a lot more damage.
1: Absolutely. And that point in itself, Mm -hmm. we'll probably get to this later on in the podcast, but that is a very important point for the Big Joplin tornado. Yes. the speed at which these storms move through their area. It's that's that is a uh, that's a factor. I don't think a lot of people really consider. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, they see like wind speeds and moving. Right. You know, and especially now, we even had some tornado warnings in Southwest Missouri. Was it yesterday or the day a couple before? Days ago, yeah. 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 And, and those things, especially on those bow echoes they were saying going 55
1: miles an hour i mean these things were just rolling through they were and i on twitter this morning i was watching uh, let me see who got hit yesterday it was some it was the east coast somewhere oh, uh-huh. maybe the carolina i'm not sure exactly but there were storms there were tornadic storms moving through at 80 miles per hour Wow! and you don't see that kind of speed of storms i don't you don't see them very
0: well, often well now weren't were they frontliners i call them frontliners i don't liners. know i Did that
1: they? i just saw the headlines and i'm not exactly certain i think there were bow echoes mm-hmm. that might Cause you to believe that it was a somewhat isolated but strong situation. That makes sense. I'm just not
0: sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but getting back to the to the Joplin right. tornado. I don't recall there was even a tornado watch issued there, for. Well, for, for, what, eventually, what, what there? Yeah. eventually, eventually, eventually. Let's, let's go back earlier in the day. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: do you recall what uh, the SPC was saying? Were we were they in a moderate here in Joplin? Or I don't it, think so. Yeah.
1: I because mean. and I'm glad you said that, Corey. Because and somewhere in my files, I still have this. I. Oh. Every National Weather Service office puts out at least two forecast discussions a day. And it's a little bit a little bit nerdy, a little bit meteorological. I love but it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. We all love those. When we go through them and we we look very carefully to see how they're characterizing what they're expecting to have happen. And and I can't give you the exact quote, but I can tell you approximately what was said. In that morning, the morning, May 22nd, they said, we are expecting storms to move through southeast Kansas and southwest Missouri. At this time, there doesn't appear to be much tornadic p- potential. Interesting. That was, the, you can look it up online, that was part of the forecast discussion that Sunday morning. So as far as having a lead... Of two or three days, not really, you know, and, yeah. and that time of year, there's going to be storms at mm-hmm. least every two or three days in in the viewing area of a Southwest Missouri mm-hmm. television station. Mm-hmm. So you know you're always going to be aware of that. And when they say stuff like that, you're going, "Ah, that's great,
0: okay. Yeah, you just go on vacation and not worry. I mean, that makes sense. Well, yeah. I mean, but but you know, you're not really in tune to right focusing right. on
1: situational like that. awareness. Exactly. That's, that's the big uh, the big quote. So as
2: the afternoon rolls on, you got to be kind of keeping your eye to the west to the radar. Uh, remember, as soon as it popped... It, it grew pretty quickly and went severe
1: pretty quickly. How many counties over was it? Uh, Labette. Was it in Lebet County? First one I saw was a tiny little storm in Labette County. And this was 2.33, something yeah. like that in the afternoon. That's when it first started to pop and, and it hardly moved. Mm-hmm. It sat there oh, really? for radar sweep after radar sweep after radar sweep, hardly moving. And I'm, I'm just I'm down in uh, in between Racing and Seneca, about 25 miles away from the TV station because that's where my in-laws lived. And I'm down there; they're having their party in the other room, and I'm, I'm huddled over <laughs> huddled over my phone, going, "Hmm, I'm gonna keep my eye on this." That was mid-afternoon. That was the first thing. You're right that that popped. It sat there for a while, but once the th- those storms started to get a little bit closer to southeast Kansas and this was maybe an hour after I first saw that thing pop up in Labette County. You're right. They they expanded quickly and, and I'm by 430 or so things were starting to look pretty dicey. And I had the TV on down at my in-laws. Um, we had our weekend uh weather person, Jeremiah Cook was on and our morning show weather person oh my goodness. What? Was it Meredith? Meredith? No, it wasn't Meredith. It was Oh, my gosh. She left She left KSN to go to Kansas City uh, uh, to work for Midland, actually. She worked for Midland Weather Radios up there. Uh, oh, my. Well, it'll come to me. We'll say Meredith for now. So. But, <laughs> well, it, oh, oh, yeah. It was Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, she went in because, again, they all knew that I was going to probably not show up. But by that time, uh, I was starting to sweat a little bit.
2: Well here's if, for the people who don't know, you have LeBec County, then you have Cherokee County. Right. Well LeBec County is covered under the Wichita National Weather Service yeah, exactly. Office. The very last county before it hits over into the Springfield uh National Weather Service Office, which which is Cherokee County, Kansas. Uh you have Baxter Springs, Galena, you know, Riverton. Uh do you ever think that's a factor in when you have a storm develop right on their last county going into the Springfield County that it may be a little uh more severe but they kind of wait for the next county uh county uh, national oh, weather service office y- to pick office, it up yeah.
1: you mean f- the about- the toss off between right, between exactly. national mm-hmm. weather service offices I don't know. I've never thought about it that way. Uh, I, I, we all know the guys in the Springfield National Weather Service office, and I can't help but think that they were very, very carefully watching. I'm positive those they were. Oh, I, yeah.
0: I, I'm sure. You get something a monster developing and coming into their CWA is just
1: exactly, you know. exactly. So I, I'm, I'm sure they were on top of. Was that. there a tornado warning issued for Cherokee County that day? Oh man, I think there was. I remember.
2: Seeing reports out of Galena, right. of a funnel, so I'm sure there was. But it was how fast were we talking about? How fast was that storm moving by the time it, it dropped a funnel?
1: Oh, it 40, yeah, 45, right. something like that. Oh, okay. That.
0: So it was starting to pick up. And, go. Uh, and,
1: and and if you'll recall, the initial warning for those tornadoes that the the trajectory was northeast. And the, the initial warning oh. that came out was mostly for the Carl Junction area, the Webb City area here in, and if you're listening a little closer to Branson, that's somewhat north of Joplin.
0: Okay, but okay, turned right. It did. It did that classic, yeah, uh, that that it, turn it right, tur- thing. A right
1: turn. And I've seen pictures of three of three funnels, and about the time that they started to combine. Uh, that's when the right term happened, and it mm-hmm. came almost due west to east wow. at an extremely slow pacing of speed, which to me has always been indicative of the potential for severe damage. Just like you said a little bit earlier, those storms are moving at five miles per hour. They ha- there's nothing to stop them because they're touching the ground everywhere they're moving they're touching right, they are yeah. touching the ground or whatever covers is on top of the ground every single moment that they're on the ground
0: well isn't that kind of classic i mean uh, hurricanes do this yeah uh, when you know when they're going out there but then they start slowing their forward speed and that's when they start intensifying yeah so, i would
1: think uh, yeah would that think.
0: kind of makes sense i well, mean if it starts that right turn and starts feeding into that
1: thing and maybe just growing possibly and there's also the urban heat island effect yeah. which i really believe in Corey, when you're talking about storms that come over from Southeast Kansas to Southwest Missouri, how many times did we track those storms and they start to bloom about the time that you get to West Joplin, the Western parts? Because I don't know this for a fact, but really nobody does. You start to encounter warmer ground temperatures because of what is known as the urban heat island effect. We've got more concrete, we've got more radiating energy. That makes total sense. It it does. And, And I I, you know, I, I really think that that, too, was a major factor that day and has been in storms other than that. Wow. In the area.
0: Corey's looking at something. Oh, he's looking up something.
2: Yeah, I was looking up some. Uh, well, you look tower power cam footage of that day. Oh, yeah.
1: well, I hope you find it because the station that I worked for, they pulled that off of. There, there was oh, tower cam footage. Of the storm as it moved into western Joplin, Corey. I hope you can find.
2: Is that it? Well, if someone's shooting it from the,
1: yeah, because we had that up for a while. But the voices well, in the
2: background are Caitlin
0: McCardle. That's and it, Mayden. Caitlin
1: McCardle. Okay. Uh, so sorry, it. Meredith. It was Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin okay, <laughs> <laughs> Meredith. We still like you
0: too, Meredith. <laughs> yeah, <We've> been- <laughs>
1: you're awesome. <laughs> Meredith is a meteorologist now. By oh, the way, cool uh, down in I think Little Rock. But anyway. Uh, well, this is Jeremiah, right? And exactly, Caitlin,
2: and because I wasn't there yet, they were uh, concerned, very concerned. You could tell Jeremiah was concerned.
1: Yeah, yeah, because
2: it's not often we caught a t- no. tornado on the tower cam. Back like in my day, exactly. And
1: I want to give, I want to give props to the director. She is the one. Who, Because we had Jeremiah and Caitlin on the air. while And at that time, I was driving like a maniac to get to the TV station. I bet you but were. But I wasn't there <laughs> so yet. So you're
2: coming up from Seneca? Coming
1: up from yeah. Seneca. So you had to Senica. drive
2: through some of the damage before you got to the station? That's exactly what happened. Mm. Oh, so I, it had hit, then
0: you came up. Because you the were away. Time, yep.
1: By the time I got over I-44 and started to come up southern south Schifferdecker into Joplin, I'm starting to see some damage. I come up and there is a, a, there is a policeman or a sheriff. I don't remember. I remember most things about that night. If I can close my eyes, I can go back there in immediately. He was stopping traffic. He was stopping traffic, was not allowing anybody to go to go to the north on Schifferdecker into town. And I get out of my car. and I'm, By this time, I had already driven through a big hailstorm. I get out of the car and I say, "I, you got to let me through. I have got to get up there. I'm the chief meteorologist at KSN at the NBC affiliate. And he goes, buddy, you are not getting through here. I am not. We wow. are not letting anybody through. So I go back to my car, turn around, pull into a little... Area, you know, the entrance to some to some sub area around, and try to decide what to do. I turn back around and I take a look, and the guy's off. He's gone helping somebody else. So I just I just went right around. Oh no way! You you do that (laughs) if you've ever. Chase storms, and please, if any storm chasers are listening, please be careful. This scares me so much that there are there's so much more storm chasing going on right now. There really
0: and,
2: is. Uh, oh, my goodness. What was the last two? time I went storm chasing, a couple of years ago, we went down uh, to the Lawton, Oklahoma area, and it was like Branson traffic full of storm chasers. People were parked yeah. on the side of the road. You couldn't get...
1: From
0: here to there, and that's
1: dangerous. That is very dangerous to do that. Yeah,
0: and for storm chasing, the problem we have now is there. Like you said, there are so many storm chasers out there. They're beginning to not respect each other, and that's where the problems are coming in. Like you're saying, Corey. I mean, they're just backed up on the road, and they're blocking traffic, and sometimes even emergency managers exactly trying to trying to get through, which is not. Not the good thing. They need to have a protocol. I think. I you know, think so that's we a had good point. Two of our local storm chasers were killed. Kelly Williamson.
2: Yeah, yeah who's yeah. from Cassville. Right. Uh, I can just imagine. I mean, how many times per storm there is also almost a wreck that we don't know about because it happens. Trust me. That that's yeah.
1: true. You've been out, Corey. You've been out chasing as as close to uh, to now as two years ago. Oh yeah. How is it different now to a chaser? Because I've never chased. Whenever something, I something either. Whenever no. there was something on the ground well, to when chase. When I chased for KSN, I was, yeah.
2: I was proud of the technology that I had back in the day. I had a laptop, and I <laughs> somehow on eBay found a cord that would allow me to... Dial-up internet through my little Nokia phone that I played Snake on. (laughs)
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it worked about thirty-five percent of the time. Well, that's
1: thirty-five percent
2: is important. But nobody else had radar. Yeah. Unless they were OU, Oklahoma University, or you know. So I had radar. So I kind of knew once those storms would were popping where to head and it helped because i knew not to get in the way of the tornadoes. So uh but now anybody has radar. That's right. And anybody can call themselves a storm chaser.
1: Exactly. And and that's good and bad because so many more people actually have the radar, but so many people are out there doing it that that i remember a different storm in Oklahoma City, where they had so many people on I-44. I, you may still have been at KSN at this time, Corey. They had so many people on I-44. The Tulsa National Weather Service office sent out an emergency bulletin saying, hey, all TV radio people, tell your viewers or or mm-hmm. listeners not to go here because there's no way off the highway. Oh, you're you're stuck. wow. You are you're absolutely sitting stuck. Up. That's exactly Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And that
2: happens, but that happens on the wall-to-wall coverage in Oklahoma City. Um that, that that scares people and they try to outrun the tornado. No. And you know, yeah, I-35, no. I-44 completely blocked. They have to close it. They have nowhere to go. So they look for a
1: mall or for a Walmart, and you don't want to go into those no, places. No, no, no. During oh my a tornado, God. no. It's and I don't know, I don't know what the answer is to a situation like that. I think you're right. There does need to be some sort of protocol, but I don't know how you enforce something like that.
0: Yeah, I I know because you're going There's not enough policemen really to go out there, and, and they're busy in a situation. Uh, yeah, they're that trying you've to help got, other people. Yeah,
1: so I, I I would just hope that anybody who wants to go storm chasing they try to be as as cognizant as possible about where they are, where they're going and other people on the road. Because I know it's and it and you know what the the profit motive is in there because there are are mm -hmm. storm chasers who you can subscribe to their feeds. Oh absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And And they
2: sell their footage.
1: And I understand that. And and, you know that's but but Every one of those is another person out on the road, and they possibly another person out on the road in in the trajectory of a storm.
0: Well, we always stress people. I mean, if you want to be a storm chaser, go to a storm spotter class. Exactly. They have the National Weather Service has them all over the place, generally in this it's in the spring, isn't it the I, early spring or winter?
1: I think they'll start those usually February, yeah, March, April. They're usually done by sometime in April. and every single county, At least this used to be true. I've been retired for about five years, and I know there have been some cutbacks at the National Weather Service. But I I knew that Springfield was coming over, as was uh, Wichita, to blanket every single county in KSN's viewing area with storm spotter classes. Yeah. And you got to go to them. Yeah, because if to.
0: you're an amateur and you just, you know, like you were saying, I got a radar and I've got a car, I'm going to go out chasing. You got to know number one, what you're looking for, right. number two, how to protect yourself. If you're out there, and if you see a tornado coming, you got to know what to do to get out of that way. And these storm classes, spotter class, and they're free. We got to tell people they are free. You can go to them. Uh, I've gone uh, almost every year, and I think now they even have them online. Didn't you watch one online one
1: time, Corey? Yeah, they put them online from Springfield. That's the uh, National uh, Weather Service. I watched
0: it from Tulsa. Uh Yeah, yeah, Yeah. because I think no, I think I went to the one last year. Or two years. It was two years ago. You went
2: to a specialized one. It wasn't. It was something about radar, wasn't it? No, no, no. That when you went with the Green County Skywarn girl.
0: Oh, Patty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was. Yeah, I went there. But 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 my point is, there are tons of information sources that are the real deal. Right. You know, look for National Weather Service. They know what they're talking about. And I would. I mean, every time I go, I learn something new because technology now. Is so advanced, and they can, you know, you have, what is the GR3s, radars, you can get inside that storm now. Cut them,
1: and... Yeah, yeah.
0: and they didn't used to have that before, and especially with the Joplin tornado, I think that technology was just being developed at that point, wasn't it? It
1: was. We could occasionally do that, but our radar did not always work at the
2: time. Ah. Uh, By the time that one rolled around, it was starting to go downhill a little bit right yeah
1: it had been in uh, you know
2: we got it in 97
1: yeah well then if we got it in 97 then it was 14 years old oh wow uh by that time and um and you know just like anything mechanical at least partially (laughs) mechanical there are there are your car your 14 year old car isn't going to run as good as the one you just drove off the, oh, the mine's the 10 lock. years
0: old i may have to go and get an upgrade
1: <laughs> you get the perfect storm chasing car,
0: though if, well, you know you're right 10 or
1: 15 years old that's true you don't care about hail insurance
0: will be low i can go out there yeah no what, what's really cool is i mean cory and i've talked about this for years cory joined us in 2010 the with the Organiza- uh, stormed our weather, and uh, he loves to go chasing. Yeah. I am more of, I want to sit behind and watch you and, and, me. and disseminate. Okay, you're yeah. like me then. You know, getting that information out there as quick as I can. So when you go, I think I think you went chasing and then you live streamed or something. did you live stream on the site?
2: Yeah, and that's another reason why there's more storm chasers now. You can go live and become oh, yeah. famous.
0: That's right.
1: Oh, God, I never more even than, thought about yeah, that. More famous. Did I ever put, you on, ear? Oh, I put yeah. you on the air? Didn't I put you on the air? Sure. I was on, you know, phoners. Yeah. yeah, And that's and you know what? For a TV station, radio, that's Golden, having somebody out in the field who has seen what has happened, and I gotta say too, and I don't know if it's part of the website or not, but Corey took some award-winning pictures back when you were chasing this. That was the Pierce City tornado, wasn't that was it? Franklin. That was Same the Franklin name, Pierce Art City Franklin. tornado, okay. and was your your wife went with you, if mm-hmm. I remember right, and she vowed never to do it again. I, I was going to say, yeah, I think I Am saw I that. Am I right? Video
0: and she's like, I don't want to do well, this. Well, <laughs> there was another storm right after that one
2: that they said there was a tornado on the ground and it was headed right for us, but it was dark. That was oh. my main... My, my mistake was taking her storm chasing after dark. After that, she That's was done. That's tough. Yeah, it she is. She was well, done.
1: Well, and, and she, she's never gone with you since? Not willingly. <laughs> We <laughs> happen to be out driving, I don't know what that and there means. happens
2: to be a storm. Yeah. Hey, know,
1: honey, we're going to Anchorage. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yogurt time. <laughs> yeah, you
0: know.
2: So, talking storm chasers, I've always followed one particular storm chaser who I felt is very knowledgeable and knows what he's doing. And in fact, we were watching a live stream of him this past weekend down yeah. in uh, Louisiana and Mississippi, and he would actually call nine one one as soon as he saw. A car off under the guardrail from the storm, or, or he, he called him twice. Yeah, and that's important for people to do that and help. True. And this is Jeff Petrowski. We all know who that Jeff Petrowski is.
1: Absolutely. Oh. Jeff
2: Petrowski, I believe, was our, 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 we had a Baron Doppler radar then. You're exactly right. He was he, our representative ourselves. He, he, he our representative was. for Baron. Oh, really? And, okay. And he, he, Got some of the best footage of the Joplin tornado that day, if, I'm, he did. if I recall.
1: Uh, yeah,
2: so in he fact, and his wife were chasing that day.
1: They were, and uh, some of the video, I I don't know if it's on YouTube or not, because I know he did put a DVD out. We I interviewed him on uh, Living Well mm. after the Joplin tornado. He and his wife both. They came through, and they there is a point in that video where they were sobbing. No,, uh, they also re-edited some of that video to take some of the most disturbing things out. Mm. and 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 this is where my hat is off to the people who went out to help because I couldn't like your mm-hmm. I I was in a position where I had to be at the station by the time I did get up there as chief meteorologist you're the guy that works the radar you're the guy that that tries to communicate the warnings uh, that have been issued by the National Weather Service, and uh, uh, when those guys are out there and they see things that they never thought they would see uh, as storm chasers, um, if if they're committed now to to call nine one one after damage, uh, you know that's a, that is a great thing to do. And yeah, I, I'm and with I hope you. more people do that.
0: Yes. Yeah, storm chasers—that's th- the mark of a good storm chaser. I mean, the, the storm is one thing. But human lives are more important exactly. than that storm. Exactly.
2: You know, here we are, eight years later. I I remember turning on the weather channel and watching the live shot from St. John's parking lot, and it, I felt so helpless being two hours Mike away. Bettis. Yes, oh. and I couldn't watch any footage for a week.
1: How long uh, was it, Corey? Because your 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 roots are in Joplin. How long was it before you came to Joplin and saw what happened? after after the the may 22nd a couple weeks was it
2: <laughs> yeah really? what was, did you
1: what what do you remember what you saw and what you thought
0: i thought that i couldn't tell where i was exactly that's what my sister said she said it's the strangest thing when you're standing and you have absolutely no idea where you're at there's no landmarks she said it was the most surreal experience completely and true now now the, the station where you worked mm-hmm. i mean was it affected by physically you, physically yes not, no not. okay so you just had out a whole out, other story yeah oh okay. that's a
1: whole other that's <laughs> a we'll dura- get to that. that's well, our duration we'll get to that a story. later let's get yeah. to that a little
0: later because it's interesting too <laughs> but, yeah, but, it you, is. but you had to figure out how to get to that station
1: i did and once the uh the officer was busy doing something else i drove around him yeah. don't do that at home kids No. <laughs> uh, and went straight to the station uh, at this time i would guess that it was a little bit after five o'clock was there a timestamp on that video that you were watching from the tower cam Corey? do you uh, I remember think so. um and the I first was around five yeah. the, the first thing that happened when i walked in the tv station is i saw people running around and they were crying wow. and i'd never seen that before wow i had never seen that before you mentioned you mentioned uh, jeremiah cook as one of the voices that's mm-hmm. that is that was on that original tower cam footage that ksn captured when the tornado was coming through jeremiah's wife was pregnant and working she was working she was she could, at he Walgreens didn't know he on was, 20th
2: street and he didn't know if she was well or not
1: and his his dad wa- wa- worked in healthcare, care or his mom did one of the two mm-hmm. at st john's yeah and nobody could get in touch with anybody and and this was this was while the tornado was still on the ground moving off toward the east one thing that i didn't mention about my trip from my in-laws up to the tv station is a, a, a 5 miles afterwards i'm and again kids do not do this <laughs> and adults don't do it either yeah. <laughs> i was trying to get somebody on my phone whose eyeballs were on some radar. So I was calling Tiffany Alanis. I was calling Tony Valliere. They were different anchors who I knew were watching from home because I needed eyeballs on radar while I was driving faster than I should have been to try to get to the TV station. And Tiffany sent me back a text that I captured, and I still have, saying... I'm going, where is it? Where is it? And she's, no, in with about 10 or 15 O's afterwards saying, you're going to drive right into it. This was her text. Oh. Oh, my gosh. And afterwards, once I linked up the times... I missed driving right into it by about four and a half to five minutes.
0: Oh my lord! <laughs>
1: and but but once I got cl- once I kept coming north on Schifferdecker, and the damage got worse and worse and worse. And it started off with roofs, you know, and then you're going by, you're looking toward the right, and you're seeing entire homes. And then you get to the TV station. I walk in and I see people weeping. Uh, It it was... These are of course, events. by then,
2: you didn't know it kept going and going and going. No, no, no. Because yeah. you could see from Schifferdecker to Rangeline with nothing there.
1: Exactly. And and at some point that night, we turned our tower camera around to see yeah, – because it was pointed off toward the west. That's where most storms come mm-hmm. from, yeah. It's from west to east. So we pointed off, and it was the weirdest thing I had ever seen. There were fires you could on the tower cam because – so many gas so m- gas lines were ruptured yeah, from the debris sense. coming through yeah. it was just a it was a bizarre looked like a hollywood horror movie wow of Joplin Missouri and it was and you could you had no idea where you were and the people who who were in the storm nobody had any inkling of how extensive the damage was. They thought, wow, this has to be the worst of it right here where I am. But no, it went, what, 17 miles from town to Duquesne and and from Joplin to Duquesne at a very, very low, slow rate of speed. I think it was clocked at anywhere from 5 to 10 miles per hour at some point. So it has all wow. the time in the world to just chew up everything in its path.
2: And just I'm just now coming to the point eight years later that I can sit down at the computer and watch some of that footage.
1: Ah uh, you're a better man than I. Am. Yeah. Because there's books and um it's if you were here and you lived through it um there were There was a time that it hit you, and um, everybody had a different time, everybody had a different reason, but I'll never forget that. My time was the Saturday afterwards. The president was coming to town that weekend. My son was home from Mizzou, uh, and he and a lot of his fraternity, sorority brothers and sisters were cooking hot dogs. and they bought They bought uh, bottles of water out at Sam's that they they were just going to throw them in their car, go out and help people who were were trying to pick up afterwards. And that Saturday morning was the morning. That that um, Will Norton's body was found. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a story that was reported on quite a bit in national news. Will was a friend of my son's. He'd been at my house playing ping pong before.
2: Graduating high school, that was. Graduating great. high mm. school,
1: he and his father were on their way to a uh, graduation party and uh and this is the young gentleman who was sucked up through the sunroof of was the sunroof of the, of the truck and wow. uh, and his father um he he was holding on to his father's arms so tightly that the flesh was starting to come off of his father's forearm wow because it, he was being sucked up through that that sunroof uh, sunroof yeah uh and his father his father didn't get it he stayed in the car lost consciousness was absolutely he hit like like buckshot with all of the debris of the storm had to have four surgeries just to get all of the gravel and the the debris from off of his head and uh, and it was not until the following Saturday that they found they found Will's body in a, a, a pond just uh, east of uh, of Schifferdecker, and that was the day that it all crashed with me. Yeah, and it home. was and and it was very strange because it it was a combination of the horror that you saw or had heard over the past few days. But on top of that, it was the giving spirit of all of the volunteers who were streaming in from all over the country. The Hughes brothers, yes. all of these people who were who felt the need to come and help. In whatever way they could, it yeah. was so moving to me that I just it it clicked and I I started crying and I couldn't stop yeah. all day long that there were Saturday. People
2: that came in had no connection to Joplin and they stayed for a year or more. Absolutely, oh, yeah. from all
0: over the country.
1: Yeah. We can never thank them enough. The people of Joplin can never thank them enough. And it was, you know, if you ever. If you ever feel bad about what's happening in the world, remember that there are millions of people who will drop whatever they're doing to come and help their fellow man and I know that sounds corny, but it's a truth
0: no it it is a truth and, and that's really good to know in time of need it is and unfortunately <clears throat> with you know with the climate warming and warming and warming, we are seeing the storms evolve faster. Yep, and bigger. Absolutely. Now, I mean, uh, Corey and I keep mentioning this that the the h- couple of hurricanes or whatever it went from a tropical depression to a Cat Five in twenty four hours. In
1: incredible. Yeah,
0: and we're seeing this year, uh, the tornado season is really kicking in, it especially is. down south. Yeah. Uh, we're getting lots more reports this is only april may is may is peak month exactly
1: <laughs> we're not even to may yet <laughs> well you talk statistics and in the the in joplin alone starting in 2003 because that was that w- wasn't that the year that you went out chasing of chasing uh, May 4th, uh, on the 2003.
2: yeah, yeah it, was, it hit Carl Junction that That's day. That's right,
1: Carl Junction destroyed the the police station. I think fire station got yeah, it. Yeah, fire station. Yeah. Uh, that began a remarkable string of very destructive storms. There was that, and we lost seventeen people that day. I mm-hmm. think between Joplin and between Springfield, seventeen. Battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then it was, I think, 2008, the Iris Road tornado. I believe that's right. I swear I get all these a little <laughs> bit confused right. anymore.
2: Uh-huh. And then in May of 2010,
1: 2010
2: was Pitcher.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Uh huh. And right. it ended up over on 43 Highway in the same area. Uh, you know, it picked up, and it killed six people in pitcher.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember you, Corey, was on vacation on a Christmas cruise. Do you remember yeah, that? I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you talk about weird times a year. That was that was a killer tornado that happened in right around Christmas time, and because because you emailed me and you go. I can't believe it. I take a a week <laughs> off for Christmas and you guys get tornadoes because <laughs> there's that a
2: vitality around uh, the Chesapeake area hit a trailer park. Yeah. Yeah. So But so wow. all
1: of the major tornadic or straight line wind events that have involved dramatic losses of life, they've all happened within the past 20 years. All
0: of that. that's scary,
1: it is scary, and it should scare you. And it should, it should, uh, it sh- number one, it should make you want to have a plan for your family. That is the single most important thing that you can do. Yes, is have that plan, practice that plan before because you're not able to make decisions as quickly as you, sh- you should be able Here's to. Here's what I
2: learned that day. Uh if you have a storm coming, I don't miss from Joplin. If you have a storm coming, make sure you know where your bicycle helmets are.
1: Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That's exactly right. Because people don't think about that. Right. Yeah. We yeah. had a we had a viewer uh who every time there was and you know, there are a lot of people in this area who are traumatized by severe weather yes. to this day. But there were tornado watches. That's the first thing that, that well, our viewer did, and I'd never heard that, of that idea before, and it was brilliant. Their kids, they all have bicycle helmets. Put those kids in their bicycle helmets because that debris can be fatal.
0: Yes and another thing uh, my wife had been ill for many many years is medications. Yes. That's yeah. another one that really hit me, you know, if you're going to have that, if you make sure you're stocked up on medication for at least a week mm-hmm. just in case something would happen. And uh, we we did our uh, safety 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 podcast a few weeks ago and we went through Uh, almost the entire podcast of just all the tornado safety rules where you can go. And they're all available on our website uh, or SoundCloud, uh, any, any Stitcher, iTunes podcast. I mean, (laughs) it's available anywhere. So our listeners go back and listen to that episode uh, where we talk in depth about, you know, where to go. What if you're in a mobile home? What if you're, you know, out driving Mm -hmm. uh, on a golf course, do, you know, get off of the golf course (laughs) well
1: and and another factor there is that that a lot of these storms are rain wrapped tornadoes and what that means is if you're and this happened on may 22nd if you're out on range line coming out of walmart and you looked up you saw a gigantic wall of rain you did not see the ef5 tornado at 205 rotating at 205 miles per hour on the other side of that gigantic wall of rain. So, you know what? You just might have thought, man, I'm going to get wet. Exactly. Yeah. You know, did, did the did the sirens go off? I'm sure they absolutely. did. Absolutely, yeah, went off 24 minutes before Perfect. the first actual tornado. Keith Stammer, God bless Keith Stammer. He saved lives that day because he was absolutely on top of it. And, Excellent. And he's in charge of the 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 sirens in uh, in Joplin and the the greater Joplin area. And he just did a remarkable job. And my hat will forever be off to Keith Stammer for that. Good. Still the emergency director here in Joplin. Hmm. Well, yeah. you know,
0: and people need to know, you hear those sirens, they're blowing for a reason.
1: That's right. And and keep <laughs> in mind, those sirens are meant for people who are outside.
0: That's what we tell people. They yeah. say, we, you
1: know, we're we inside, we can't
0: hear them. Well, they're not designed for you to go. That's to when
1: inside. you get your weather radio or, heck, it's 2019, an app. An app, yeah. Go to, go to Stormdar. Right. you know go
0: to National Weather Service you can go anywhere well I tell you before we wrap up I got to find out what that story is about the station you oh you yeah. said the funny story or something well, it's not funny. Was that, oh it's not funny
1: 2008 it was either 2008 or 2010 I don't remember you're talking about the Friday morning yeah yeah oh. I was. Uh, well, you tell like uh, it
2: was a duration. It was In, a duration. Oh, the duration. The tower through. down and oh
1: man. But did you know? Did you know about what happened that morning as it was coming through?
2: If I recall, they were doing a remote weather,
1: something like that, somewhere
2: else. Yeah,
1: yeah. Jeremiah, I think Jeremiah, Jeremiah Cook was on again,
2: and. I heard you got to the station and there was nobody.
1: It was the strangest thing I had ever seen. I, 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 the storm was terrible from my house to the station. Came in the back door and saw nobody anywhere. I thought, did the rapture happen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. No, wow. if you're in telev- if you were in television before it fell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. If you're in television you don't ever walk into a station that there's no, nobody, no human beings. That, that
2: That's eerie. It's I was going to oh, say, that's it's really bizarre. weird.
1: <laughs> and so what I did is I parked my car right outside the back door. I go flying in, and I've got Tiffany Alanese. We talked about her earlier. She's the one that sent me the text. She was the assistant news director at the time. And I've got Tiffany on the line, and I'm walking around, and I'm going, and at this point, your adrenaline is exploding off the the charts. Yeah. I'm a little PO'd because we weren't on the air doing cut-ins. And I'm angry and my adrenaline's going and I'm walking in and I'm going, Tiffany, I don't know why I'm here at the station. I can't see anybody at all. I don't find anybody. I don't know why we're not doing cut-ins. And when I finally took a breath, which was probably about eight minutes in, she goes, just shut up and <laughs> get out of the station! They think the tower's gonna fall. Oh my gosh! The, because at that same weekend, the guys installing the high def signal, because this this was right in the middle of the transition when okay. everybody was going from standard def mm-hmm. to high def, they had their equipment on top of the the tower, they were all in town and they were parked about two blocks away going, Oh, I don't like the looks of that. Oh no. Because the tower was starting to move. <gasps> and I'm and I and finally she hears that and I go, <laughs> Oh <laughs> 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 and I may have oh, okay. used some different words. And the tower is
2: right above the station. Exactly. And how tall was it? About 12 to 1500 oh, feet. absolutely! It was tall.
1: It's a big, it's a big yeah. tower. So then I get in my car, head down the street to Channel 12, the KODE, and we were at that time together. And I don't know how long afterwards, but that tower fell, and it fell on top of our station because of a duratio. And uh, one of the National Weather Service people said. This was like an inland hurricane, because the, the but it was it it was straight line winds coming across at about ninety five miles an hour. Isn't that right, Corey? Somewhere mm-hmm. around 95 ninety five miles. Ninety yeah, five. Wow.
2: And, and, and it's early
1: in the morning. Uh, yeah. What, what time? 730? It was bef- Yeah, because they were still on the air and they go off the air at seven. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah, it was Holy it was cow. between six and seven o'clock on a Friday morning, uh, and it and. You you know you hear all these crazy stories, but that twelve hundred foot tower fell on our station, and we and our station is near where people live, near homes.
2: Oh, I used to live right across the street.
1: Right? No way. Yeah. <laughs> and, <Walk to> <laughs> and pieces of that tower went shooting through the tops of some of these people's homes. Uh, I'll never forget, just south of us, we went in as the day went on and saw the hole in the ceiling that if the guy had been in his bathroom, he'd have, he would have become, become impaled oh, yeah. from part of the tower. Not a single injury. Wow. Not Good. a single injury. So, oh, man, that's that's another one of those I'll never forget it days. So
0: you quickly figured wow. out you don't need to be in that, that station. You need to, like. Yes.
1: At the point that I heard the phrase, tower starting to fall. <laughs> it was like, okay, I'll uh, see you. Okay, uh, see you. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. And, and it did fall. And it was, uh, it, uh, it's, there were so many events. So many events.
2: In that station, you know. Slowly started coming back, and they were operating out of trailers for a while. We were now they have a brand new state of the art station that they share with the ABC affiliate.
0: yeah,
1: is the tower exactly next to the building, building. It still is, is. still it is, is. <laughs> but I think the guy wires are about twice as thick yeah, as they I used always to thought be. that the tower should
2: not be right above them. I mean because in winter. You get knocked out by ice falling off that tower. And listen, yeah. you Jeremiah know, we
1: keep talking about Jeremiah Cook. <laughs> There's a great <laughs> Jeremiah Cook story about that very thing. Yeah. He, he was walking out from the station to his car, <laughs> he had a backpack on. Do so you remember this? I a do. Piece recall. of ice fell off the tower, and man, it will destroy a car and hit him right oh, on the shoulders, no. knocked him down. Jeremiah, if you're listening, you're kind of the star. Of well, this I was podcast. there, then,
2: and he was. I was sitting in my car, and he was bent over, <laughs> talking to me, leaning on my window.
1: And that's when it hit. <laughs> oh,
0: so really? you
1: were still parked in the yeah. parking lot? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh, so, but here's the
0: thing: did it miss your car? It missed my car? Oh, okay. Barely. Well,
1: <laughs> well <thank you. laughs> the way I look at it, Jeremiah, he. He blanketed himself over your car because he's that kind of friend.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Well, before we wrap things up, I do have uh, another question regarding uh, May of 2011. Uh, You know, as an outsider, not I'm not talking myself, but I'm talking about anybody watching this on TV. Many thousands of people were. (laughs) Uh, they see the injuries and they see the deaths and they see the destruction. But what they don't see is the uh, mental repercussions that come later. Uh, how did Joplin handle? I'm sure there are many people here now with that's been diagnosed with PTSD. True. And... When a storm comes through Joplin, we get, you know, even in, we're based in Branson, but we get tons of messages saying they're they're scared to death of any storm, yep, not just a tornadic storm. They're scared to death of any, any thunderstorm. Uh, Did you guys have like any counselors come in to the station afterwards and deal with that? How did that it, it, was,
1: it was mandatory, uh, okay. and my hat will be forever off to Next Star Broadcasting for making that happen because Good. so many of our reporters – and again, I didn't see all the bad stuff because if you're the chief meteorologist, mm-hmm. you're sitting there working the radar. So I didn't see that stuff, but plenty of our reporters did. They had mandatory counseling sessions. Every single person who worked there had to go. And they also, the following spring, we worked with the Joplin School System, and they sent me out to every single school in the area to talk to the kids, to explain to them a little bit about storms, about what to do. That's great, Uh, yes. So many people did so much Correctly after that May twenty second storm, that they don't get credit for it. Whether it whether it was the Chamber of Commerce, whether it was the city of Joplin, or or people making these decisions, there were not a lot of bad decisions made. I'd go out and I would talk to the kids, and I talked I talked I'd talk to the kids, and I would talk to the teachers afterward, and I'd go, "How how's everybody doing?" And almost. Every one of those teachers said, you know, the kids aren't doing bad until they go home. Mm-hmm. And when they go home and their mom hears thunder and immediately starts cowering in the bathtub, they learn that if, when you hear thunder or when it starts raining, you better you, – you're hopefully you'll survive this. And that's not the case. Right. But – so many of those kids' parents and even teachers who were at these schools, they, you, you, we were so uh, knocked sideways by this that if you were in, and a, and a counselor told me about this, if you were in Walmart when it happened, you may not want to go back to a Walmart anymore. Makes sense. Uh, because your brain, and I. before I agreed to go and talk to all the kids, I wanted to get some, some, I said, I'll be happy to do that, but I want to talk to a counselor first. So I interviewed a counselor that we used on some packages at the station, and they explained to me that your brain is divided up into two parts. There's the emotional side, and there's the logical side. And if you're at Walmart... On at fifteenth range line and you have made it through a storm that might have killed somebody in an aisle over your emotional side is going to overtake the rational side you know you may be able to to say this is a one in a thousand year instance it's it's statistically I will probably never be hurt by a tornado but that you, that little tiny voice cannot be heard over the voice in your own head saying, oh my God, it's raining, there's a tornado, run for cover, you're going to die. And that's how you had to approach these people. And here it is, what? It is eight years later, mm-hmm. and we're still seeing instances of people who have PTSD. They will have that wow. through the rest of their lives. Yeah. and And some people in this part of the country... They, are, they tend to think that it's not important to seek help if they feel they need it. If you're listening and you are traumatized by severe weather, you should get help. You should try to totally
0: get Totally agree. Totally uh, agree.
1: Because that's, how, that's the best way to keep yourself safe. And that's the best way to teach your loved ones themselves how to stay safe.
0: Agreed totally agreed yeah because it can have like you're saying a devastating effect oh on gosh. people and yeah. we welcome people people message us all the time yeah you know will there be severe is, is this going to be bad or whatever and we try to give them the real talk them the down real talk. off. Of, yeah. yeah, and say, no, this is just general, don't worry about it. And then you would not believe the amount of responses we get. It's like, oh, thank you, this is what I
1: needed to know. Absolutely. That yeah. is that is necessary that it for is. that to happen, because these are people who don't have the meteorological training that you guys do, and they don't they don't know that a storm can can be very, very destructive uh, two blocks away from where they are and not touch them in a bit. Yeah. You
0: know? Or just be a general thunderstorm. Exactly. And, and, you know, just stay away from your windows in case, you know, don't – the typical thing, don't, you know, go out and be a lightning rod. You exactly. Know, and a, th- and the, 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 a lightning storm or whatever. Well, two nights ago, I posted at 2 o'clock
2: in the morning, there was a storm headed towards Branson. A lot of lightning, a lot of thunder, a little bit of wind. I got in there and made sure because people wake up in the middle of the night and and go to us. They do. It's weird. That's fantastic. We have twenty thousand followers in the Branson area. We only have ten thousand people in Branson, but that's know, as a population the area, yeah. in Branson. But yeah. our followers are up to twenty thousand now, so people depend on us now. Uh, and I had to go on and make sure that people weren't going to be waking up scared and. I wanted to make sure that people knew that this is a good sleeping storm. You can sleep right through it. There's no yeah. That is fantastic. And I got tons of response on that post in the middle of the night. Yeah. Do you remember it was a year after the tornado, uh, me and my boss brought a comedy show to to Missouri Southern. It was awesome. And we we met with Keith, the guy who you are talking about earlier. Stammer. And he got us some artifacts from the tornado. We found uh, a flag and all kinds of... We found a clock. I don't remember if it was from a bank. It was like a commercial clock. And it was, was stopped, stopped right at 549. Yeah. When the tornado 541. hit. 541. 541.
0: Yeah. Right when the tornado
2: wow. hit. And we had brought in some... They weren't huge names, uh, but they were... Uh, Brett Butler, she had a show on back in the day. We. Uh, she's on The Walking Dead now. Yeah. What's the guy from Anchorman... Uh, Oh, David uh, Keckler. He was there.
1: Hilarious. Uh, he's the guy that does Hardy's commercials. Yeah, man. I've oh, seen that. Really. Yeah, he's a
2: huh. uh, he's he's probably the biggest one of them right now. But uh, it was a great show. We were headed. I mean, I was here, and my boss Yakov, who was the main guy, three hours before the show. Oh, by the way, can you open for us?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh. You were great. You were so awesome. Because I did a, <laughs> a live shot bit. out there. Oh, you did? It, to open w- the show.
2: To open all these famous comedians. I was the opener.
1: He was awesome, too. <laughs> you you've got that on video. Somewhere. somewhere.
2: Oh, oh, please somewhere. find it. Please, it I, mean, just- I probably never even told you about that. I, I had I was
1: <laughs> I, I remembered that now. I forgot because I remembered the show and I remember David and Rhett and because I interviewed them all live. Mm-hmm. We were live out there beforehand. Oh, that's and then nuts. and I'm going, Corey's gonna be stark. He's gonna open up <laughs> for these guys. Oh my god. It was and Corey, you were so funny. I had done it before,
2: but not I mean, where that, did that you place do it was before? Sold out. Uh, well, Yakov would do seminars, different seminars, and I'd do. A, I'd go out and talk to the audience and get them warmed up. I was, you know, that's kind of right. like kind that's of like right. what you would get at the Tonight Show when you go. Right. See the thing, they warm up the crowd, and that's what I would do for Yakov. But I'd never done a whole stand up. You killed. I was him. up there for a good ten, fifteen oh, minutes. Oh, you was and, awesome, and, 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 and it was sold out. It was too, I don't know how many people that Taylor Auditorium can hold but it was it was full <laughs> it was
1: and you were great you so, were great i have i fun. still have pictures from that night really somewhere yeah pictures because cool. we were all we do the live shot and then we all sat there and watched the show which was incredible but then unfortunately i had to go back and do the 10 o'clock news that night but <laughs> they called it stand up for joplin yeah i still got my t-shirt back That's there cool. somewhere cool. I, it was Corey that was, was awesome
0: so Corey it is weather you do online stuff you do video and you do comedy
1: there is yeah. nothing Corey cannot... No. Corey cannot carry or birth a baby. That's no it. Okay. I, well, my to wife my can. knowledge. Yeah. For
0: sure. Okay, I think we're going off the rails. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we
1: probably the rails? See you
0: later, rails. <laughs> Gary, thank you so much Absolutely. for this interview. This is probably one of the most fascinating and fun interviews well, I've had so far. And I, we've got to get you back on the podcast. Would love to. If you're ever in Branson... We'll try to coordinate. You can co-host with us on our normal weekly podcast. That would be so fun. I'd love it. We, we might I, get them some show tickets for helping us Of course.
1: Us of course. It, it, I thank you very much for having me on. It's... it's We've all, we, uh, you know, if you're in Branson and you lived through the storm there a few years ago, Mm -hmm. or if you were in Joplin and you made it through any of the many storms that we had in the late 90s and the after 2000, you know that this time of year is, it's important. It is incumbent upon you Mm -hmm. for situational awareness. I imagine you guys have touched on that in the past. It became a big, uh, it became a big thing for the National Weather Service. To really drive home uh, as far as anybody who lives in or near Tornado Alley, that April, may June, be aware of the weather
0: yes, very, very much, and uh, yeah, I mean, look outside, like we've said before, there's tons of resources, television, radio, weather radio, yeah online. There's there's no excuse for you not getting information
1: out there. You need to be a little on the nerdy side and get that yes. information. That way you know. And they're... we're the nerds. That's right. We, we can
0: give
2: you that information. <laughs> I'm not a weather nerd. I'm a weather enthusiast. <laughs> or a weather
0: weenie. That's what it yeah. is. <laughs> anyway, anyway, thanks again, Gary. Very uh, much. It's nice to see Joplin rebuilding, and we'll look forward to having you in a future podcast.